0: This is the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT.
1: Can't have it all. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kirk and Anthony here and joining us in studio now. It's the former governor of the state of Vermont, Jim Douglas. Good morning, Governor
2: Douglas. Well, great to be with you guys. Uh, hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I heard all about uh, what you were up to uh, as I was driving up. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving, you and Dorothy? What did you stay home? Did you go?
2: Yeah, we had uh, eighteen people at our Ooh. house. So uh, uh, the boss was in fine form, and I, you know, I, I, those of us who are aliens in the kitchen, uh, <laughs> perhaps take this for granted. But Me. but what a great job to. Uh, put that all together and, and have it have everything come out at the same time i mean yeah. i think that's oh, what's yeah. amazing and and uh, she did it she had notes and stuff all over the kitchen and it was uh just so well executed so i i appreciate her hard work and
1: you're right uh, it is typical when you think about getting you got this cooking you got that cooking you got the thing in the oven you got the rolls and Getting them and at the all only, out at the same time, and
0: it's not like you're in a commercial kitchen where you've got unlimited oven space,
1: right? Uh, you got to
0: cycle it through, you got to time it, you got to park it, you
1: got to bring it back. Well, you haven't seen the governor's kitchen. I think he does have. No, no, space. it's quite modest, <laughs> <laughs> but, but she's uh, masterful think, at, no, I, <laughs> at doing this. I had a feeling Dorothy would be. Well, and good answer, morning, Dorothy. By the way,
2: oh <laughs> yes, yeah, well, yeah, good morning, my dear. I hope you went back to sleep. <laughs> uh, but uh, but to answer your earlier question, uh, I, I I
1: do the dishes. All right, that's good to hear, because I was getting some flack about that.
2: It's my only skill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you have a dishwasher? No. And we don't either. All right. Although well, my wife, it's it, got, it broke down. And we have not gotten another one. She's still not happy.
2: we, we never had one. Uh, our kitchen's small, and we thought, well, where would we put it? And we'd have to surrender some storage space or something, and, and um, what the heck, you know? Even when we had the kids there, it wasn't that big a deal, but... Thanksgiving, uh, it, you know, it's quite a job.
0: I was going to say, you know, um, my folks, uh, quite often, it, it, it's the drying rack. Yeah. And maybe like three or four times a year, Thanksgiving, we have a lot of guests. You actually run the dishwasher. And um, I was telling Kurt, when our dishwasher broke, we kind of, you know, I cobbed it together, but it was awful. So then finally bit the bullet and got a new one. And I'm telling you, don't waste the time or the money on a new dishwasher it takes 75 hours to do the dishes it doesn't clean them and it, and ours is already broken so good advice good well but
2: you're right about uh, drying space too and but uh, my niece Trisha and I had this down there you uh, like go. a science I wash she dried um Boom. Uh, she only sent one item back uh, in quality <laughs> control.
0: <laughs> That's the other
1: thing. You missed a spot, Governor. Yeah,
2: but, but you, as you say, you can do that when you don't have a dishwasher. Sure. The dryer can inspect it and yep. send it back. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you
1: see, I also had the problem was right after dinner is I, I start just kind of getting in the way for a while, too. Huh. Like, I started clearing the table, and my right. wife said, no, I don't want that over here yet. Oh. Right. Yeah. Leave that on the table. I said, okay, you heard it. I was trying. Yeah. Now no. you, and of course you know, uh, my my guest was former representative Duran Metzger.
2: Well, and uh, 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 and his I, wife
1: and two two boys.
2: Uh, he has two boys now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Colin and Cameron. How about that? Well, it's a it's a great great family, that's for sure. Um, but I, I assume he wanted the dishes done in military precision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a mess hall. He gave cool. orders, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, dear.
2: Well, on to, uh, on to the
1: next holiday, I guess. Yeah, it's Christmas coming, is coming up. Will you be home for that, too?
2: Yeah, yeah, expect to be. Expect to be. And um, Dorothy would rather host, she said. so.
1: Well, you get the leftovers, too.
2: Well, that's right. Yeah, I heard your story about that. I mean, yeah. really? Are supposed Four to days. throw it away?
1: That's what they said. The fourth day, they said either freeze it or toss it. Well, freeze it. And I have had correct. hot turkey sandwiches for... And they were good, but... uh... Well,
2: and and like uh, Kim, uh, um, Dorothy made turkey soup, and uh, we're going to enjoy that
0: for a little longer. Oh, yeah. There you go. That works. Let's
3: go to the phones.
0: Good morning. You're
3: live on the morning drive. Good morning, Governor. It sounds like your wife has a dishwasher. It's an old model, but it seems to work okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, she's fond of saying she has a two-legged one. (laughs) There
3: There we go. Governor, I wonder if you could quickly speak to the issue, well, maybe not quickly, that happened in Burlington, this tragedy with these um, young men being shot. I mean, a lot of the, we were talking about this with Kelly Devine last week, a lot of the violence in Burlington seems to be sort of relationship-based, you know, drugs, domestic abuse, that doesn't make it okay, but it makes it a little more understandable. This seems really random and and perhaps motivated by their um, race yeah. or ethnicity. Could you speak to that? Thanks.
1: It's all over the news. I mean, not just Burlington, it's in the New York Post, the Washington Post, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS.
0: But the caller does bring up a good point too. Um uh it most of the shootings that we see in Burlington are relationship based. Whether you have a a transaction that goes poorly and you're selling drugs or, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but this does seem different. Well, well uh, uh on the surface. Uh, and
2: it's it's I guess somewhat comforting every time There's one of those episodes when the police say uh, the public is not at risk. Yeah. (laughs) Because, as you say, Anthony, it's uh, folks who know each other who are involved in the episode. And uh, in this case, uh, a little different, but it wasn't random, right? Uh, As far as we know, it was um, a neighbor, allegedly, and uh, some folks, as the caller suggested, uh, probably um, identified by their ethnicity and um, uh, uh, just as tragic, um, inappropriate uh, on many levels, but uh, but not like some uh, crazed gunman just going around shooting anybody. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's a shame. We've got this episode in the Middle East that you guys uh, were talking about earlier uh, that's got everybody on edge. There's violence against uh, Arab folks. There's violence against Jews. Um, it's just uh, got everybody um, on edge. And, and we've got to, as the governor said and others, take a deep breath and uh, remember that we're we're one community here, and we've got to respect yeah.
0: each other. Take pause. I think you know, and and I, that's what I appreciated with with the governor's uh, statement because a lot of the national press picked that up because he's the governor, you know, and it was very straightforward. It was just like you know, this this is regardless, we everybody's just got to step back. We're all in the same community, and we got to you know these 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 folks just like any other innocent. Uh, <laughs> Folks walking down the street, well, exactly as right. far You know, as far as we know, I mean, today's going to be a big tell. I think the the press conference today will uh, sort out a lot of it. We
2: hopefully. shouldn't jump to conclusions, as yep. um, the chief and others have said. But uh, uh, if it seems to be uh, what it is, then then it's uh, certainly uh, disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, on the other hand, it's just another shooting in Burlington, which is uh, disappointing at another level, right? I mean, yeah. we've got. Um, increasing violence a lot of people all the time say to me I'm not going downtown especially after dark we've got retailers pulling out and moving to the suburbs Uh, and, and this is of course after some of um, Kurt's buddies uh, um, decided to defund the police. Yeah,
1: My uh, <laughs> <hi> buddies? <laughs> Poor Kurt. They didn't consult you, me, Governor. No, I'm sure they didn't. You got him to open his eyes on that one. So, <laughs> it's
2: like, what? Well, but you know, this is the consequence of that. I mean, the, yeah. the police need more support, not less. And uh, I, I'm quite concerned about the economic vitality of the city based on what we've seen in recent years.
1: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, and you and you you hear when people hear these events, even though this is very different obviously, here's three people visiting and gunman appears out of nowhere, apparently lives right there and just starts shooting. Horrific um and and probably will turn out to be a hate crime, but we'll wait and hear the evidence. But as you said, you it's it's really concerning. I know that I wasn't down there, but I talked to some people who were down at the Thanksgiving Day tree lighting ceremony. Mm-hmm. And there was, they said there was a good crowd, but not as big as usual. Mm. And it didn't seem, at least to the couple of different people I talked to, that people were sticking around downtown and doing a lot of shopping, mm. as in the past. And so it is kind of a critical time for downtown in terms of if people get the feeling that it's not safe, right. then they maybe don't go, and then, of course, businesses... Don't make, don't, it's a critical. If you don't make, if you don't make money during the holiday season, then you're in for a tough year.
2: Correct. And, of course, on top of that is another topic you were discussing earlier, and that is uh, cyber shopping. Um, people can shop right. from the uh, comfort and safety of their mm-hmm. living room. That's um, another reason not to go downtown, unfortunately.
0: Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
3: Good morning, Governor. As a fellow Addison County resident, are you ready to join me in calling for a big, beautiful wall around Burlington with the only open border
1: facing New York? (laughs) <laughs> well, 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 who's going to pay for that war, Oh, right? good point new york
3: <laughs> Addison we'll make burlington pay for it yeah. well, well,
1: Chris, you know the old saying that
2: uh burlington's a lovely place it's close to vermont <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah I, I don't know i i i want uh as i always did every part of our state to be successful and vibrant and economically uh, uh strong and um uh, clearly uh burlington has had some challenges lately uh, not to say other communities haven't Ireland um, yeah, yeah. Fr- frankly for uh, for similar reasons, uh, Barry and Montpelier for a completely different reason uh, yeah. th- this year uh,
1: but uh, we've we've got a lot of work to do to help our communities. do you think there's something that we're missing that the the state needs to be doing to help to help cities to help with the with the things that are going on? Or well, is it really more Burlington's problem because they defunded the police?
2: Well, I think it's more of the latter. I mean, I, I, I can see the uh, uh, 2024 gubernatorial campaign uh, taking shape. And yes. obviously, uh, uh, one candidate's going to say it's all the state's fault. Uh, I don't think that washes. Uh, I, I mean, um, well, I mean, what's the state supposed to do? Um, they're at, already cri-
0: sending in the police.
2: Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. at, at certain critical times. State this, police are. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're under well, maybe not underfunded, but understaffed, because there's a lot of turnover there. So it's, uh, no, I think uh, Burlington needs to uh, address this uh, as a community.
0: Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
3: Good morning, Governor Douglas. Could you give us the latest update on your lawsuit against Middlebury College?
2: Well, the the wheels of justice turn slowly, I've uh, (laughs) learned. Um, But uh, it chugs along. We're in what's called the discovery phase now, where we're, Trying to get more information uh, about the, uh, how the decision was made and, and what uh, factors went into it, um, so it's uh, you know still there. I, I hear from alumni all the time who are very unhappy at the college's decision. It was really tone deaf and. Uh, And, and, you know, part of a bigger picture, I think it's important to keep that in mind. This was one episode in September of 21, but remember over the preceding couple of years, the college uh, had uh, made a couple of guest speakers unwelcome. Mm -hmm. There have been a couple of uh, uh, episodes not as widely publicized where faculty have been threatened uh, i don't mean that in a violent sort of way but but um spoken uh, to yeah in terms of their academic freedom uh, when they've uh either made controversial comments or or done something uh, uh controversial in class and students come up to me all the time and and say uh, i don't feel safe uh, uh speaking up in professor so-and-so's class because you know he's on a completely different wavelength and and here's another example i i'm the um, advisor to the college republican club which is uh, uh, not too active right now, um, but, but, oh, well, but it has been um, in, in not, not too uh, distant past, but the, the president of the club um, last year who graduated uh, kind of went silent on me, and, and so I, I caught up with him right before graduation, and I, I asked, well, what's the deal here? I mean, we've got to keep the club going, and he said, I, I finally came to the point where I was sick and tired of being called a fascist everywhere I walked on this campus. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's a very intolerant community. We talked about, yeah. you know, well, ethnic super and religious tolerance, but yeah. but it's there's no ideological tolerance either. And so I uh, the college has a, an issue uh,
1: that needs to be addressed. We had Sandy Baird on last week and of course I'm sure you know Sandy. Yes, yeah. Uh and she is a as I call her a fierce free speech advocate mm-hmm. and we talked about Middlebury a little bit mm-hmm. and she, in regards to she basically said, "Hey, look, students of course have a right to protest." Mm-hmm. And the right of assembly and all that, but she said, but what they should not be doing is shutting somebody else's free speech down
2: uh, she's exactly right, and that's the point um, uh, many of us have tried to make uh, now i I've, I've said to people if you don't like someone who's coming to campus to give a speech, you have several choices: first of all, you don't need to go right, right? it's not a mandatory <laughs> attendance uh, secondly, you can uh, um, have your own event uh, separately simultaneously or not. Uh, or thirdly, and this is my preference, you can come and respectfully engage the speaker yeah. ask some tough questions and have
0: a have a discussion. I remember you know that we did that particularly I think growing up in Middlebury that we were always encouraged to go when there'd be some uh, there 'd be a controversial speaker or or maybe not super controversial, but you would go because there would be enlightened conversation mm-hmm. there would be challenging questions and there would be different points of view and there 'd be open conversation and um it 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 just confounds me that that that's where we're at now. We we just want to shut down everything we disagree with.
2: That's how we learn, right? Right. Theoretically, an educational institution is supposed to pursue the truth and expand knowledge and and have that sort of uh, respectful discussion.
0: Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
4: Good morning. Uh, So a question for Jim. Uh, If a leader of Hamas wanted to speak at Middlebury College, how would you handle it?
2: Well, um, the deal at Middlebury is um, someone has to be invited by either a recognized college organization or an academic department. And um, we had a a kind of crazy right-wingy person uh, asked to come to speak a few years ago, but no one uh, stepped forward to host him, and so he didn't come. And my guess is, uh, my hope is, that that somebody wouldn't uh, extend that invitation to a, a leader of Hamas.
1: Yeah, how did you differentiate between, I mean, there's Palestinian people like these three Palestinians, Palestinian descent that were shot yesterday, tragedy, hopefully none none of the three die, and so far it doesn't look that way, but nonetheless still horrible. But how do you differentiate between that and the leaders of Hamas who basically committed a, a barbaric attack?
2: Well, as you were saying earlier, a lot of the Palestinians are not fans of Hamas either, right? I mean, they're living under their uh, um, brutal uh, dictatorship, essentially. Uh, And these are guys who don't all live there, or maybe none of them do. I don't know. It's a a remote dictatorship, which is kind of weird. So I I think uh, that's the kind of differentiation we have to make. Um, uh, Not easy, perhaps, as we saw in Burlington over the weekend, but it's important to remember that... uh, That we we have to not paint everybody with the same brush. I remember after 9/11, President Bush went to a uh, a mosque shortly after the attack to make the point that uh, we're not targeting Muslims writ large here.
1: It's a specific group, Al Qaeda, uh, who who perpetrated this crime. It's interesting. I just went back and watched his speech, for whatever reason um, (laughs) that he gave right after the 9/11 attacks to the joint session of Congress and. Uh, and all, all the criticism he got, um, but he was very careful to make sure to say, "Let's not blame this on the Muslim faith, right. which is a peace-loving people, but this is a, a radicalized element of it." Same deal. He was very—I thought—he was very careful and, and mm-hmm. did throughout that yep. time period. Yep. Um, so. The, you, the update on the lawsuit with Middlebury College is that there's not really an update right, right now. The wheels of justice, as you said, turn slowly. Do we have any kind of idea on a timeline? Um, not, not really. Really. I I, I saw one
2: at uh, one point, and, and I realized that uh, the law firms representing both sides have other clients. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps some better paying ones, at least in the case of the Well, I was <laughs> going to just say it out loud. Did the college lawyer up? Uh, no, they're still they're using a firm in Burlington. And, okay, it's uh, not like they went out and got not yet. Uh, um, and we'll we'll see what what happens. Nor have we, and and right. and we could.
1: Does anybody from the administration have they ever come to you and said, you know, look, can we settle this outside of court? And would there be any way to know. settle it outside of court other than they restored the name?
2: Well, the uh, the court uh, in uh, granting okay. or denying the college's motion to dismiss. A few months ago, recommended mediation but didn't require it, um, and it may come to that sort of discussion at some point, Kurt. Uh, but for now, we're we're going through the discovery process, and I think um, the college might learn something from that. I mean, they, remember they uh, they they even they got the name wrong when they took it off the building. Uh, they've um, put out some very um, uh, false and pejorative comments about Governor Mead, implying that there was some racial motivation to his. Uh, Uh, proposals back in 1912. The college's lawyer, not the college itself, but uh, the college's lawyer equated him to Hitler uh, in one filing with the court. And so it's just very offensive uh, behavior on their part and disproportionate. Um, You know, here's a guy who uh, had a tremendous record, most of which was quite progressive, even by the standards of the day. And uh, he spoke uh, a couple of paragraphs in one speech about a eugenics-related topic that we wouldn't find
1: very uh, favorable today. That Middlebury College itself taught (laughs) courses on. And, I mean, to me, with all due respect to your bosses there, (laughs) the administration, they come across as the worst horrible hypocrites. Well,
2: exactly right. Uh, (laughs) um, For 50 years at least, from 1895 to 1945, they uh taught eugenics programs. They were uh, required courses. Required course. um, Yeah, you couldn't graduate from Middlebury throughout that period without learning about, quote, defectives and degenerates, unquote. Um they participated actively in state eugenics uh, activities. Uh some of their faculty gave speeches all over the place. And so yeah, their their uh, their hands are not clean on this topic. And as you say, Kurt, uh the hypocrisy is uh is uh tremendous and uh so in order to cover up their own complicity
1: they throw governor Mead under the bus it's 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 appalling and i know he's long gone but you know it's still important to the family and it's it's an important uh uh just an important issue the idea that they can say hey we're we're taking this name off the chapel because he said something that as you call it presentism as Bill Maher has referred Correct.
2: to it and um uh, to to a, an earlier point, uh, uh, we mentioned uh, Sandy Barrett's comments about free expression. Uh, w- one descendant said to me, you know, uh, my ancestor is being uh, punished not for anything he did, but for something he said. And that's a problem on a campus where we're trying to, at least
1: theoretically, hear different points of view.
0: Right.
1: We've got to hit the break. I know when we come back, more with Governor Douglas. But we're going to talk to him about the current pol- political climate in Vermont. And we also might try to get a little history lesson from the governor, because he's still he's teaching at Middlebury College. We maybe play students to him today. Yeah. There okay. We go. Well, your fun. paper's overdue. Yeah. Mine is always late. And That's when it gets and when it, it comes back, we'll have a great big D on it. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines, and we'll be back right here with Governor Ducks. It's the morning drive on FM 963
1: and AM six twenty. News talk W V M T we've got governor douglas on the air guitar here <laughs> we, that's, all, that's about it <laughs> we are back on the morning drive and we've got former governor jim douglas with us we got a question for the governor give us a call the mckenzie country classic hotline 414-0303. and uh governor um presidential politics what do you think the iowa caucuses now are getting closer it's january 8th 15th i believe it's mid-january anyway so we're talking about six weeks away now wow what do you do you do you see somebody breaking through out of the pack trump and do you think politically did trump make the right decision in not attending the debates just politically um probably uh because he would have been the target of
2: everybody he'd been on the defensive he we can hold his own but but he he would have looked uh um very defensive um in the debate and um it, it hasn't hurt him uh in terms of the polls right so uh it, it probably was the right uh right decision yeah i don't know if anybody can can um overcome him at this point uh, his lead has been huge and steady um and now with the um recent polls showing him beating the incumbent uh which we shouldn't take to the bank because it's you know, so early at this point uh, that emboldens him and his uh, allies. So I I think he's the favorite. And every time he's indicted, his numbers go up. They go so, up. Yeah. So Amazing. I, I I think he's uh, he's probably got a lock on it. And the pay, you think he's got a lock on it? Well. Um, at this point? Boy, I, because he starts winning early uh, primaries and caucuses. It'll
1: uh, be over. Yeah, it's kind of hard to come back. And do you think, and we got a call. We'll be right to you, caller, just one more second here. Do you think that uh, everybody – Not everybody, but a lot of people feel like and I've sort of fallen into this at times, too, that if every if it consolidated the on one candidate, like let's say Nikki Haley, then she gobbles up all these other votes of the other candidates. But We can't assume that necessarily, right, that all DeSantis is like if Governor DeSantis dropped out the, the idea that all of his supporters would transfer over to Nikki Haley. There are some suggesting now that more of them would go to Trump. You're exactly right, and, and uh, that's
2: what um, uh, I, I read recently where Tim Scott dropped out, and a fair percentage of his went to Trump, a, a small number. but So I, I think you're right, Kurt. Uh, that's not necessarily the right strategy. Um, I, I don't know what could <clears throat> bring him down now. Um, now I, I saw another poll that said about three-quarters of Americans are um, concerned with Joe Biden's age, and only two-thirds of Verm- of of Americans are concerned about Trump's indictments.
0: So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think they just want somebody to get the job done at this point. And, you know, the indictments, you know, just, just walk up the stairs, say some stuff, go home.
2: Well, an, an argument, of course, is uh, separate the personality from the policy. And, yeah. and if you look back at his term, well, tax cuts, some regulatory relief, um, uh, rebalancing some of our... Uh, uh, foreign uh, uh, agreements and and treaties um, um rebalancing the judiciary so
1: did I mean, away with nafta it came out with what some USMCA, at least believe was a yeah. better trade agreement
2: yeah maybe and, and, uh, so uh, i don't know if you can uh, forget all the personal stuff um maybe yeah. people can make an argument that and
0: it if wasn't you so bad. if if you look at it as as time goes on uh, by by changing the the policy on energy taking all the money out of the Middle East, they didn't have a lot of money to shoot at each other with. Exactly right. And I never thought that was capable in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
4: Hello, guys. Uh, I have an observation uh, for you guys and uh, Governor Douglas. Mm -hmm. And I was at the tree lighting ceremony, and Kurt was speaking about people not wanting to stick around Church Street or do any shopping. And... Uh, this is the deal. Uh, I was. I wanted to say that I'm a free speech champion. Uh, uh, I'm a videographer, and free speech is uh, the ultimate to me. Uh, there was a Palestinian protest at the Christmas tree. No, I can't say that. It's a holiday tree, and everybody's invited. So I hear this chanting in back of me, and see a group of people carrying a big banner that says Free Palestine. And I said, "Uh, they're coming right into the gated area where the kids and the adults will see the tree and uh, partake in this beautiful uh, Christmas story. And at first I said, oh, no. And then I said, well, everybody, we're all in the same boat together. And uh, I welcome them here. Uh, the, The thing about free speech is, it can pop up anywhere, and I see a lot of the people got on a microphone and on a soapbox, which free speech comes from a lot of times. We all have our own soapbox, but they begin to start chanting, uh, ceasefire, ceasefire. And I think it's despicable. I think it's beneath contempt because one part of the tree lighting ceremony is that a person, a little girl, is a candidate for, for her wish i forget what the wish is i'm kind of emotional right now but she came to light the tree and and i think it has something to do with cancer and they began to chant her down with free speech so you know uh boy on everything on church street the protests on top of the shootings uh i am very disgusted uh thank you so much
2: well, no Kurt, Kurt made the uh, point earlier that uh, free speech is great as long as it doesn't interfere with someone else's, and that's what the caller is describing. So, yeah, have your own uh, protest, um, uh, but don't disrupt
1: somebody else's event. Couldn't agree more. Um, what, uh, so So, you think that this race could be over for president? Well, I,
2: I'm trying to understand a, a, a path forward for somebody else at this point. I but- um, and,
1: the, and as you said, the polls take away the argument that someone have like, that Trump's going to lose this thing. He's not electable. He, You know, you want to elect one of us, but the polls are not bearing that out right now.
2: No, and, and this will be the third cycle in a row where uh, the American people, presuming the nominees are who we think they are at this point, uh, have a choice between two candidates they don't like. Uh, the, the least popular uh, nominees since polling began, Hillary, Joe, and Don.
1: Uh, yeah. But here we are. Do you think, the pundits all say this, and I they're right because history bears it out, but I just wonder if we're in a different time now. If Joe Manchin were to enter the race, as he is certainly putting out signals that if in the springtime it's Biden versus Trump, what all the polls say most people don't want, do you think there's any way that Manchin, again, everybody says third party can never win, just a spoiler. In this case, if there was a Democrat Joe Manchin who was considered a centrist and he picked a... Reasonable centrist type Republican, which is what they're talking about. Is there any chance he pulls like twenty percent from the Republicans and twenty percent from the Democrats, and is actually in play?
2: Well, I don't know. Yeah, they're talking about Romney as his running mate, perhaps, who's uh, beginning to trash Trump open openly uh, uh, more recently. I I don't know, uh, Kurt. I think there's a lot of uh, inertia in the process. A lot of support for the binary approach of two major political parties that, uh, that have um, uh, an awful lot of strength. Uh, the last uh, candidate, as you know, uh, of a third party who got close to 20% was Ross Perot in 92. Um, did he make a difference in that race? Um, arguably, uh, but he didn't win himself. So uh, a- a- I think the question is whether Joe Manchin would pull more from the Democrats or the Republicans frankly. So, and the same of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Some polls suggest he would draw more votes from Trump than from Biden. So maybe he's a plant. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, I think it's kind of hard to predict, but I, it's, it's hard for me to believe that an independent would actually be in a position to carry
1: states or at least more than a few. He, but do you, uh, do you think there's, uh, it seems like a different time than any we've been in though. I mean, I don't, I never remember <clears throat> polls, so strongly saying we don't want either one of these two
2: that's true even in 92 uh, uh clinton and bush had their uh their supporters and were both i think seen as credible candidates so uh it is maybe different in that respect but uh i don't know a lot of people are pretty accustomed going in and voting for an r or a
0: d yeah and they you know to kurt's point we talk about this a lot on the air Seven was it 78 percent of americans would, 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 don't want either one. Yeah. So that number's huge. One of the pundits I heard over the weekend was talking about the Ross Perot, and I always assumed he pulled a lot more from Bush than Clinton, but apparently the polling of the Perot voters after the fact, he had almost a 50-50 poll on oh. both Clinton and and Bush. This is what this one pundit had, was referencing, some, some statistic from some polling they did after the election. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of like Kurt's theory where if you're equally pulling twenty percent, and then you start, then you start looking at forty, and you can't have three forties. That adds up to one hundred and twenty, right? So, uh, if I think if statistically, if it's ever going to happen, it's probably now.
2: Maybe, but if you pull, uh, I'm not a statistician, but if you pull twenty percent from the Democrats and twenty percent from the Republicans, you've still got twenty percent. Yeah, I, 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 I so. gotcha. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. True. And and, and the, the the second so be, so, it's got to be a little higher than that. So here's another. Let's play another game, okay? Because I I read some of this over the weekend. Um, so let's say Trump uh, Trump is the the heir apparent. Seems that way. Who's the VP pick?
2: Well, uh, not poor Mike Pence. I guess uh, he's a, <laughs> a good guy. Um, uh, I.
0: Don't know the answer to that. Uh, I, Have you seen some of the names? I mean, I uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who uh, she she won decidedly in Arkansas. I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, pretty
1: unpopular in the polls there right now, though. Yeah,
0: right. For whatever reason. And then you know the obvious, like uh, uh, the the uh, the woman that ran for governor of Arkans uh, of uh, Arizona, Nikki uh, Lake, right? Uh, Lake. Carrie Lake. Lake. I'm I'm Nikki sorry, Haley. Nikki Haley. Nikki
1: Haley, though. Is, yeah. What uh, well, about Nikki Haley? Well, I, I mean. I,
2: Trump is a transactional kind of guy. I mean, I I, I could see that. He picked her once, right, uh, to uh, fill an important role. Um, that's kind of like Reagan picking Bush in 1980, uh, his chief rival. So I, I guess I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, do you think she'd be a good pick? Um, yeah, I think she's got a lot of credibility. And I think she'd do well in a debate uh, with the incumbent.
0: <laughs> oh, see, so this is why I like speculating because it's kind of fun. You play in your head, you know, uh, these, these scenarios. Let me throw another one out. I am a firm believer that, that Joe Biden is going to go to the, uh, the convention and, and be the kingmaker or queenmaker and, and say, I appreciate this, but I, I, I can't do it. I'm going to step down and, and Gavin's here. So, uh, we're just going to give it to him. Do you do you? Uh, what do you think the likelihood of something like that is?
2: It's not impossible. I um, mean, there's no question that Joe's uh, 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 Joe doesn't have the spring in his step that he once did. And um,
1: whether, very polite way to put
2: that. Yeah, and I. <laughs> but most people, he's um, still very competitive in the polls, and um, everybody says he's our guy. Um, but I, I, nothing would shock me.
1: But do I, why do you think the Democrats? seem to at least be i know there's a lot of angst about the poll numbers though but why do they seem to be clinging to him four years ago i know that they were scared to death it was gonna be bernie sanders right right. uh and and so they they sort of organized like hey we need to get everybody else out of the race and get behind joe biden and that joe biden was the guy to beat trump and then he did narrowly but now it appears like that might be the person that trump can beat
2: Ironically, yeah. I don't. Know. Maybe this is Bernie's year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of, I'm kind of wondering where Bernie. Three is. times the charm.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's a year older than the president, but doesn't appear to be. So uh, you never know. I I don't know what to say, Kurt. I, I, uh, it's hard to predict the future, as Yogi Berra once said. <laughs> um, so we probably shouldn't uh, over speculate. But uh, any of these scenarios, I think, are, are very possible um uh, but but some of the um breakdowns in those polls are really interesting it shows the uh Trump uh, gaining more support among minorities blacks and hispanics than he uh had before and uh, those are
0: the traditional democratic constituencies so you know maybe uh, or how about under 35 yeah. for the first time the democrats are losing under 35 yeah
2: and and he's uh playing uh, very successfully to the working class. I mean, used to be the, that's, that was the Democrats' base, um, and the Republicans had the country club set. Now that's kind of uh, flipped on its head. Um, and, you know, populism kind of uh, uh, is uh, is in vogue now, and more
1: people are, are interested as, uh, from the working class uh, citizenry and, and somebody like Trump. And uh, how do you think the abortion issue is going to play out next year? We've seen... It seems like it had a big impact on on the red wave last year that never that kind of fizzled out, and also we've seen the the results of poll of referendum votes in Ohio and Kansas and in Virginia where Glenn Youngkin sort of fell on his face. He put everything behind this 15 week ban. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think abortion is going to be a big factor in next year's elections, presidential and across the country and Senate and congressional races? Well,
2: it could. I mean, the Democrats will try to make it a big issue, right, because of the successes you mentioned. Although, I think most Americans are pretty pretty centrist on that. A lot of the political class are more polarized, but um, I think most Americans feel some uh, rowish policy is is reasonable, and was reasonable. I think we can debate whether it should have been imposed by the Supreme Court, but well, I, I, I guess I'm not shocked to see the outcome in Kentucky and Ohio and those uh, those places. Everybody thought uh, a year or so ago Vermont was the outlier, putting it in its constitution.
1: Well, maybe not.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you would expect it. That that's... Could be an issue. Could be an issue. And, and I've wondered if a guy like Ron DeSantis, who's, who appears, I think he's done fine in the debates, yep. and his record in Florida, he won a smashing reelection yep. uh, against uh, the Tide in the rest of the country... But then he also signed a six-week abortion ban, yeah. which you wonder, if he was a nominee, how that would play.
2: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you know, the old saying, uh, um, move to the edges during the primaries and then try to get back, back to, to the, the middle in November. Uh,
1: that may be his strategy, but uh, not a lot of time to pivot. And that was uh, that was something I first heard from Nixon, who used to say, <laughs> in the primaries, you, you run to the right. Yeah. And the Republican primaries. and yeah. then. soon as the primaries over, you run right back to the center. Exactly.
0: Well, in this day and age where uh, everyone has a video camera in their pocket, uh, it's it's hard to pivot. It takes a big wave to pivot. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
3: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Regarding both topics you're hitting this morning, number one, I think Ann Coulter just got it right in a recent column. The pro-life stance of the Republican Party will be the death of the Republican Party. If you have watched the last two elections at all, Kurt said, "Well, it seemed like they didn't do well." Kurt, they did terrible. The Republicans got bashed, and it's the uh, abortion issue, I've and it's that. going to be the death, and it's going to be the death of the Republican Party once again if they nominate Trump. Now, as for this terrible shooting in downtown Burlington, um, you better believe that MSNBC, CNBC, CNN. And CBS are so grateful. Finally, we have an Islamophobic hate crime, it looks like. They haven't had many to, you know, to broadcast. Now they've got one. We've had dozens, scores of, uh, of folks of the Jewish faith who have been the victims of terrible hate crimes, barely gets a mention. Now they finally have a hate crime that they can really broadcast and put at the top. So they're grateful for it.
1: What do you think, Governor? Is that what's Driving this partly the, the the national media attention about this in in Burlington Vermont is the, is do you think that's what is right what the caller is suggesting?
2: Well, I think he may well be right because uh, 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 there have been other episodes where Jews have been targeted and it doesn't seem to get quite as much play. So um, um, perhaps he's uh, he's correct on that score. Um, and as I said earlier on the abortion issue, um, I, I think more most people are fairly middle of the road, and and I wouldn't. Uh, Um, sell short um, trump's ability to um, uh, appear or even become more moderate remember he was a democrat for most of his life right uh, until fairly recently and and probably more more uh, moderate on that issue well
0: and look at when nikki uh, haley addressed it head on in that first debate Mm -hmm. uh that was i think part of what started her real serious momentum and growth yeah she just said hey this is the reality of
2: Well, and, and, uh, yeah, she said, uh, okay, uh, uh, folks got what they wanted, uh, back to the states. Um, The the court uh, said it's up to each state to to make its own decision. And and I think that's right. I mean, it it always was a uh, state-by-state choice, and and Vermont and Mississippi are not going to have the same law, and that's that's the beauty of the
1: diversity of America. Do you think uh, that Jay Shepard is right? Jay was on the show. He's on once a month. He was on... And, of course, I totally get him and anybody else that's pro-life, their principal belief on this issue. Um, but just speaking politically, though, about it, he acknowledges the problem, but he says that he thinks the problem is more messaging by Republicans than the actual issue itself. Do you agree with Jay that it's really about messaging, or is it more that people just don't agree with positions that are they think are more extreme on abortion, on the right at least?
2: yeah I, i'm not sure i i know i mean it can be a combination i suppose of those factors but um, um as the previous caller said uh, the republican party's got to kind of find a uh place on that that's that makes sense to most voters and and most voters are not extreme so um, i think that's our challenge
1: governor what's uh what's uh up for christmas time are you you yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah well we'll uh we'll be uh uh having the fam around it's always fun to see grandkids at uh at christmas um even though they're getting a little older now um uh they dropped the santa thing uh, a few years ago but still it, it'd be good to have everybody together and um uh, my wife will be working her magic in the kitchen once again i'm sure
1: there you go <laughs> any prediction for 2024 uh, anything uh
2: <clears throat> well the morning drive will continue to lead the ratings uh in the, <laughs> the local market uh, i'll predict i uh, appreciate that uh, uh somebody will win an election somebody will lose uh, in march uh, oh the mayor's race in burlington oh i don't know you're closer to that obviously is the field full at this point well uh, there's
1: three democrats running in the democratic caucus december 10th coming up in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. And there's a progressive running, and I don't know. There's still maybe others yet to him um, to announce.
2: I was going to say uh, it can get on the ballot uh, well into January, I think, yes. right? So, yep. so uh, there's still an opportunity, Kurt. You
1: know
0: <laughs> the number of people that stop him and stop me. Yeah, you got. He's got. He's got to
1: save the city. Well, uh, I th- uh, I think that's a great suggestion, frankly. And uh, you might think that, and Anthony might think that, but there's several thousand Burlingtonians that might not think so. Well, (laughs) well, I
2: I hope somebody can uh, provide some leadership that'll get things back on a a more
1: positive track. Well, Governor, thanks, as always, for being on The Morning Drive. You're always very uh, giving of your time, uh, and we appreciate it.
2: Well, what's time in my
0: old age, you know. <laughs> great, great to be with you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming up and, today. We
1: really appreciate it. And I uh, wish Dorothy a uh, belated happy Thanksgiving. And that we appreciate that she did such a great job getting all the food out. It's not easy. She's a magician.
3: <laughs>
1: there you go. It's all good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be
3: back.